0: Serial killers are not monsters. They are human beings with tortured souls. I will never condone what they do, but I can understand them. The abyss became my mental home. I don't think I consciously chose it. It beckoned and lured me, and I suppose the crusader blood I inherited from my mother answered the call. Those are the words of Mickey Pistorius, South Africa's pioneering criminal profiler. It's a quote from her book, Catch Me a Killer, which has just been adapted into a Showmax original series, also called Catch Me a Killer. The first episode is already out on Showmax, and over the next few weeks, on the TCSA feed you'll be getting short companion podcasts. To each of those episodes, this is the first. In this episode, I'll discuss a bit about Dr. Mickey Pistorius and her role in criminal profiling in South Africa, and then we'll delve into the first case covered in Showmax's *Catch Me a Killer*, the Station Strangler. South Africa in the 1990s was a brewing pot of incredible change. Finally, the majority of oppressed citizens had the right to move freely and archaic, inhumane past laws were no longer in force. Large swaths of honest South Africans moved between provinces, seeking employment, a better life, and the promise of a new South African dream. This same movement activated individuals with a different motive. Serial killers. Around this time, South Africa faced an epidemic of serial murder. Individuals with violent fantasies who recognised they had a huge group of potential victims on the move, separated from their families, seeking employment and extremely vulnerable. They struck, one after the other. Each series of murders was more terrifying than the last, and the South African Police Service had to react quickly. The units created within the SAPS to track and identify serial offenders would become known as the Investigative Psychology Unit, or IPU. In a generally patriarchal organisation at that time, it seemed clear that one of the many experienced male police officers would head up the unit. Instead, the pioneer of criminal profiling in South Africa would be an unexpected appointment. A woman who was not only prepared to stand up for her place in the service, but also willing to spend time inside the minds of killers. Between 1994 and 2000, in her role as the head of the IPU, Dr. Mickey Pistorius pioneered the profiling of serial offenders in South Africa and trained hundreds of detectives, in the investigation of psychologically motivated crimes. Her legacy has made South Africa's response to identifying, capturing and convicting serial killers one of the best in the world. After leaving the SAPS, Pistorius wrote several books about the cases she'd worked on and some of the fascinating and terrifying criminals she'd helped put behind bars. The books were perhaps an effort to purge her mind of the scenes and killers still lingering there. She could have no idea that not only would some of those books become bestsellers, but one, Catch Me a Killer, would eventually become a television series. In the brand new Showmax original crime series, Catch Me a Killer, Some of Pistorius' most infamous cases are explored from inside the mind of the woman who helped hunt the killers. Starring Charlotte Hope, Game of Thrones, and The Spanish Princess as Pistorius, the ten-episode series captures the profiler's personal journey and struggles with her own demons alongside her quest to understand the shadow sides of the murderers she tracks. In her book... Pistorius describes her childhood and the fantasy world she created to escape the pain of her parents' divorce. The large garden at her childhood home became a fairy world of leafy branches and private caves. It was a place where the outside world couldn't touch her, and she could live whatever reality she wished. As she reflects on this as an adult, she recognizes how this helped her to better understand serial killers. The killers she would profile in her time at the SAPS, including Norman Simons, believed to be the station strangler, and Stuart Butibood Wilkin, had all created their own versions of her fairy garden in their minds. Within these fantasy worlds, the men would overcome their own inadequacies. For a moment, as they held their victims' lives in their hands, they were in control and powerful. To catch them before they killed again, Pistorius had to enter their private gardens and experience their terrible fantasies with them. Pistorius's nomadic childhood as a result of her parents remarrying each other and divorcing again, only to marry other partners and expand their families with new children and other members, often gave her the feeling that she didn't really belong anywhere. For a long time, home and community were foreign concepts to Mickey. She recognizes that having experienced this also eventually helped her to understand the damaged psyches of killers. The men she profiled didn't have a sense of belonging either. Her ability to see the humanity in these offenders was often a superpower. In getting the truth out of them after their arrests. Somehow, although many of the men she came face to face with had little regard for women, Pistorius found a part of them even they'd thought was long dead. By combining her natural empathy and understanding of their pain with her learned psychological techniques, she gently blew on the ember that still glowed there, until flames began to flicker and a connection was made. Showmax's new crime series, Catch Me a Killer, starts with one of the most infamous and perhaps hotly debated serial offender cases of the 1990s. The killer is believed to have been active as early as 1986, and by the time Norman Simons, a schoolteacher, was arrested in 1994, 22 young boys had been brutally murdered in the Cape Flats. For Mickey Pistorius, the case was a brutal induction into the world of serial murder, one of her first cases with the SAPS. Although at first she tried to dress professionally in skirts and high heels, this case made her realize that the scenes she would encounter daily called more for jeans and flat shoes. Her work was almost never office-bound. The real clues to catching a killer Are in their hunting grounds. In the case of the Strangler, the sandy dunes bordering Mitchell's Plain were where the brutalized bodies of so many young men were found. Her profiles matched the arrested killers between 95 and 98% of the time, and the Station Strangler case was no different. Norman Simons was eventually convicted of just one of the 22 murders, but remained a strong suspect for the balance. Catch Me a Killer takes viewers deep into the world of terrifying killers through the eyes of the woman who spent, perhaps, far too much time in their minds. In each weekly episode, a new killer is added to Pistorius's kaleidoscope of crime. Some have monikers the public will recognize, Butibur and the ABC killer. Others, like the saloon killer, hardly made a blip on the media radar at the time, but they're equally fascinating and terrifying. And the first of these cases we're going to look at in deeper detail today is covered in the first two episodes of Catch Me a Killer, the Station Strangler. I first covered this case really early on in my podcast journey. I'll link the full episode to that in the show notes if you'd like to listen. In March 1994, two young boys, Elroy van Rooyen and his cousin, Reno, ventured from their home in Strunt, Western Cape to earn some pocket money by pushing grocery trolleys. They encountered a man who offered them money to play arcade games and then asked for their help in carrying boxes to a nearby train station. Suspicious, Reno left, but Elroy continued on with the man leading to Ulroy's disappearance. A week later, his body was found, marking the end of a series of murders attributed to the infamous Station Strangler. During the backdrop of South Africa's transition from apartheid to democracy in 1994, Mitchell's Plain, a suburb of Cape Town, became terrorized by the Station Strangler. Originating in the mid-1980s, the killer's victims, predominantly young boys, were found in and around railway stations. Despite community panic and pleas for police action, initial investigations lacked resources and failed to recognize the pattern of serial killings. The station strangler's methodical spree continued into the 1990s, with victims dumped in remote areas. Families, distrustful of the police due to historical tensions, often delayed reporting missing children. The discovery of numerous bodies led to community-led searches demanding police attention. A weekend search uncovered more victims, including adults, prompting the establishment of a dedicated task force, the Station Strangler Squad. In February 1994, led by Lieutenant Johann Kotzer, the task force was equipped with ample resources, including criminal profiler, Mickey Pistorius, who provided crucial expertise. The station strangler squad faced a deluge of tips from the community, leading to 2,000 suspect interviews within three months. Amid political campaigns and media pressure, they worked tirelessly Barely sleeping, and even consulted convicted child molesters for insight into the killer's behavior. Community unrest escalated, with protests and vigilantism threatening public safety. Pistorius's profile, released to the media, highlighted the killer's likely characteristics and motivations, intensifying the hunt. Despite these efforts, Young Elroy became the latest victim. An eyewitness sighting and a psychiatric nurse's tip led to the arrest of Norman Simons, a respected teacher and volunteer in the community. Simons' troubled upbringing and psychological profile aligned with Pistorius' predictions. His confessions, which were often retracted and then reinstated, revealed a troubled psyche influenced by childhood trauma and familial abuse. While Simon's arrest initially shocked the community, revelations emerged linking him to some of the victims. Colleagues recalled his suspicious behaviour during the killings and parents remembered interactions between their children and Simon's raising chilling suspicions. Despite challenges in securing DNA evidence due to decomposition, Simons was charged with Alroy's murder based on eyewitness testimony and confessions. As the community grappled with the betrayal of trust, Simons' arrest shed light on his sinister double life, leaving scars on the affected families and the community at large. The trial of Norman Simons commenced on February the 27th, 1995. His defense attorney, Kurs Lowe, raised doubts about the validity of eyewitness testimony and the scenes pointed out by Simons. Simons would ultimately only be convicted for Alroy's murder. He received a life sentence, which he unsuccessfully appealed in 1998, Lowe remained steadfast in his belief in Simon's innocence, pledging not to cut his hair until the man was exonerated. In 2005, an inquest into the original station strangler killings uncovered discrepancies, casting doubt on Simon's guilt. DNA evidence and witness accounts did not align with Simon's, challenging his conviction. Further investigation revealed flaws in the prosecution's case, including witness inconsistencies and the suspicious timing of a reward offer. The inquest continued for three years, concluding in 2008, with findings suggesting Simons likely committed multiple murders, but refraining from recommending further prosecution due to the passage of time. Doubts persisted about Simons' guilt Fueled by evidence contradicting his conviction. In 2015, Norman Simons became eligible for parole but was denied. Finally, in 2023, Simons was released on parole. Interestingly, although he'd only ever been convicted of one murder and is not technically considered a serial killer nor proven to be the so-called station strangler in a court of law, the Department of Correctional Services, in its statements around that time, referred to Simons victims in the multiple rather than the singular. Simons is believed to be living in Paro in the Western Cape. In episodes 1 and 2 of Catch Me a Killer, you'll be able to walk through the investigation of this crime as Mickey Pistorius lived it. If you haven't yet watched Catch Me a Killer, It's available on the Showmax app right now and is highly recommended. Make sure you're subscribed to the True Crime South Africa feed on whichever app you're using to listen right now to receive notifications of future companion podcasts for Catch Me a Killer on Showmax.